It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Taniguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's Podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in Calgary, Alberta, so you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Dr. Laura Hambly, who is a workplace psychologist, speaker, and author in Calgary. Thanks for joining us today, Laura. My pleasure, Mario. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I didn't introduce, uh, when I made the introduction, I didn't introduce what your businesses were, because you have a few. So maybe you can just start from there. Tell me uh, uh, your business involvement as, as an entrepreneur and what you have on the go. Yeah, sure. Absolutely, Mario. So I've been an entrepreneur for 11 years now, and I'm called a serial entrepreneur because I have more than one venture, and I've created several different brands and businesses over the years. Uh, which is kind of unusual in psychology. Um, I'm a workplace psychologist, doctorate in organizational psychology, master's in counseling psychology. And I've created these different brands based on a passion to help workplaces be better and help people thrive in their careers and their lives. And the businesses and the practices have kind of grown organically over time with Calgary Career Counseling, here in Calgary, Synthesis Psychology, which is an offshoot and specializes in personal counseling versus career counseling. And then I also have Work Evolution that specializes in remote workplace success. And that's more of a global practice now because remote workplaces and distributed work has been happening everywhere. And then my other business is called Canada Career Counseling, and it's based in Toronto. And it spun out of Calgary Career Counseling four years ago. Um, so yeah, I have a lot going on, but the common thread is helping people, helping organizations, and using the evidence base of psychology to do so. So how come you uh, uh, open up so many businesses? Usually one business is tough enough for someone to handle, but having, what, four there, I think you mentioned, is uh, that's quite a lot. Well, I mean, there's brands and there's businesses, right? So I think sometimes when you have a business, you need to have separate brands to attract what you're attracting, right? So the career counseling brand started out 11 years ago, and it, it's hard to start morphing that into other things besides career counseling, right? So I think it depends on the, how you name your businesses and your brands and I mean, one thing led to another, and I have different partners. I have a partner in Ontario for Canada Career Counseling, and then I have a partner for Work Evolution, who's a different partner. So it's kind of the partnerships I've gotten involved with don't make sense to be all one business. Okay. So obviously, you know, uh, uh, one of the things I learned as a, as a writer is, uh, you know, that there's two parts of what you're doing, right? Number one is the actual job of writing, right? But then second part is also being the job of being a business uh, entrepreneur, right, uh, et, et cetera. How do you um, balance those two? Uh, you know, uh, uh, does one suffer from the, because uh, you're focusing on the other aspect or how, how do you work that out? So what you're asking me is how much time I spend in my business versus on my businesses? Yeah, basically. I mean, it's a troubling act for sure. But I would say one thing that I've been pretty good at over the years is growing a team, right? So I have a really strong team here in Calgary. We have a strong one in Toronto. And it's relying on the team to 
execute and help with and work with our clients, et cetera, where I'm not the one having to do all of that. Um, but I certainly do keep a foot in the practice. And during difficult times, especially, I'm I'm pulled into more of, of the delivery and it, it just makes it really a tough balancing act. <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> and I won't lie that I have too many brands going on. It, it can be confusing. So <laughs> oftentimes I, I won't even introduce myself to all of those brands. <laughs> I to read my audience and talk about which hat makes sense for that audience. So when you um, uh, started into this world of entrepreneurship, what were the biggest challenges you faced uh, setting things up? Oh, wow. So whatever field you're in, right? So you're right, you're an expert or you have a, a knowledge or a know-how in a certain field of expertise. And then you go into entrepreneurship, which is essentially running a business and the mechanics of a business. So it depends on what your strengths are. For me, I would say the whole financial end, the accounting end, that that's something that I don't love, doesn't come naturally. I have to put extra effort into that. So over the years, having a, an accountant, a bookkeeper, getting the right expertise to help me with that whole end of the business, that's been one of the most challenging parts. And then with what's happened in our economy here in Alberta over the last five years, I've never learned so much as I have in the last five years about what goes into a business and surviving. And now with COVID, it's like hundred times worse. We thought we had it bad before. <laughs> now it's even worse. And then oil's tanked. And yeah, it's just uh, not getting those hurdles and challenges has been the biggest struggle for me. Uh, do you recall any uh, a piece of advice you may have received from somebody that's the best piece of advice for being an entrepreneur? Align yourself with the right supports and allies. So allies that bring different expertise into your life. So don't try to be good at everything. Figure out what you're best at and what you enjoy most. So the intersection of what you enjoy and what you're good at is the sweet spot. And then fill in the gaps with like a really good financial advisor or accountant or lawyer or um, admin assistant. I think admin assistants are often underused by entrepreneurs. Yeah. They say, well, why would I spend money on admin support, right? I could just do that all. And then all of a sudden, 25% of their time is spent on details that someone else could take care of. And that 25% could be spent on delivery and growing the business value and all these other things, right? Uh, so to me, it's like, it's a no-brainer that I have an admin support. It's just a no-brainer. That's what's made me be able to do all I do is to have a strong admin team. Okay. What's your vision uh, as you look forward into the future? Uh, what's your vision for your business or businesses? Uh, to be open again, to see clients face-to-face. -face. <laughs> um, you know, I have this beautiful sunny spot in Kensington <laughs> and uh, it's empty, right? So occasionally I'll come in about once a week to do some calls and, and such from here and to cash checks and whatnot. But really, you know, for the most part, we're, we're all working from home and we're seeing clients remotely. So my hope is to get back to you know, somewhat of a new normal. And I know that the new normal will be a transition, um, but it's been very difficult with the uncertainty of this. Difficult for entrepreneurs like myself, 
I'm trying to sustain the business, right? Trying to keep people employed because I mean, it, and then not knowing when the restrictions will lift and people just frankly aren't spending money right now on a lot of things. And we're finding more and more people need what we're offering, but it's that disconnect of, you know, oh my goodness, I shouldn't really spend money on that right now, even though mental wellness and career focus and all these things are important. But yeah, people are all really spooked right now, a lot of them. So let's talk about, okay, uh, are you still conducting your business like through things like this with Zoom and talking to clients? Uh, tell me a little bit of how that's shaping up uh, right now. Yeah, Mario, sure. So I'd say we're doing a lot of Zoom and we're doing a lot of Microsoft Teams. Those tend to be our two platforms. Um, we're seeing about half the number of clients remotely to what we saw face-to-face and funny enough, Calgary's dropped more than Toronto. And I think it's because Toronto had a more vibrant economy to begin with. Yeah. And it's a, just a bigger population base. Um, and I think because it's such a sprawling city, they're used to doing things more remotely, right? To save an hour and a half commute. Whereas in Calgary, I think we've had a very face-to-face -face type culture here. So some people say, yeah, no problem. I, I'll see my psychologist on a zoom and other people just don't want anything to do with it yeah. they're just waiting it out so we've kind of pivoted we're doing a lot more webinars now and webinars for organizations around mental health anxiety coping wellness all these sorts of things so that's one avenue that's picked up for us actually uh-huh now you know mental health has always been an issue for companies and organizations etc Obviously, is it is it become even more of a bigger issue right now for for companies uh, because of what we're going through? Huge issue, huge issue, and I think the costs of mental health are going to skyrocket as a result of the COVID crisis. So everyone is talking about the physical health risks. I'm actually even more worried about the mental health risks, mm. to be honest with you. And it's a, it's a huge concern because there's a huge hidden cost with that that is stifling. Um, domestic violence is up. Um, all these, you know, rates of depression, anxiety. I'm worried about suicides. I'm worried about people who are already on the brink of being unstable, having breakdowns and going, you know, I hate to use the word, but going crazy, right? Um, yeah. I'm just really worried about more of that. It's already happening, but more of that happening. We got to we got to help people and support them right now, which we're trying to do. Do you think that that will just escalate uh, dependent on the time that this takes to, to be over with? Correct, which is why I'm actually a fan of how can we start a transition plan, right? Versus let's wait it out another four months. I, I know why that's happening, but I feel like People need to see a light at the end of the tunnel, or even if we can see success in other places that are doing it, right? Places in the States and and uh, and Europe and who's doing it. And if Quebec is a bit ahead of us on that, if we can see some success stories, that'd be amazing. We need that right now. We need a lift, don't we, Mario? Oh, do we ever, yeah. So I'm going to ask you, uh, and, and this may be a difficult question to answer, I don't know, but... If you were talking to someone like me who's at, say, having some issues, mental health issues, uh, about what's your best piece of advice for individuals coping with what we're dealing with right now? 
Well, I think to <laughs> pay attention to the signs, right? If things are getting worse for you, and the telltale signs are how are you sleeping, right? Uh huh. You know, what's your mood? Has your mood significantly changed, right? Like, so those those things tend to crop up, and over time, they have a habit of getting worse. So it's getting the supports, getting the help, even though you're physically isolated, making sure you're not socially isolated, and knowing that there's actually a lot of supports available to you, and there's absolutely no shame in talking to a therapist, a counselor, a psychologist, whatever it is, um, it's better to start those conversations rather than just try to deal with it in your own mind yeah. and let it fester, right? Yeah. What about from a corporate level, business level? What uh, what advice would you give to business owners, whether they're uh, an oil patch company downtown or a, or a small retailer that has 10 staff? What should they be doing uh, for their businesses uh, right now uh, in terms of the mental health part of it? Should they have programs in place uh, and offerings for, for staff and that type of stuff? Absolutely. So first and foremost, the leaders need to be checking in with people. They need to have regular touch points and, and say, hey, Mario, how are you doing? So you're working at home now, Mario, and I'm your supervisor. How are you doing? How have things been going? Right. And just taking the time to just gauge that and have that conversation rather than just launching into business. Okay, Mario, what have you done? What have you written about? You know, yeah. how is Mario the human being? And that's what I think a lot of leaders are starting to do more of that now, but we're really pushing that message. Check in regularly. Keep a pulse on how people are doing. Bring in webinars, bring in training, bring in resources. Some companies have EFAPs, others don't, but there's resources that they can bring in, even if it's just sharing links, <laughs> you know, that's better than not. And opening up dialogue saying, we know that it's a stressful time. We know you guys are worried. Everything's uncertain now. Um, but, you know, we want to share some resources and we, we're thinking about you guys right now and we care about your well-being. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to switch gears a little bit here, uh, Laura, and ask you a couple of personal type questions. But here's a question that uh, I'm sure you deal with a, a lot from uh, your clients, right? And is about work-life balance. Uh, so how do you, as a business owner, find that work-life balance? <laughs> First of all, I don't like the term work-life balance. I've been trying to debunk it for a few years now. <laughs> the thing is, it has well, work-life balance has been used a long time, and there's a lot of research using that term. So but I like the term work-life wellness because it implies being well in, in your work and being well in your life, however that looks for you. Um, so I would say that we've been talking about that concept a lot. We just did a research project on entrepreneurs and work-life wellness comparing if they work at home office or a co-working center. This was before COVID even. Like we've been doing a lot of research into working from home, right? And then co-working centers are very popular. So how does it impact um, work-life wellness? So those types of topics are near and dear to me. So me personally, it's, it's always a work in progress, but it's a matter of focusing on what your values are, what's important to you. and regularly checking in on if you're filling up those buckets, right? If you're taking the time to nurture what's important to you, whether it's your physical health, 
right? Whether it's your spirituality, whether it's your family relationships, et cetera, and everyone's different, but, you know, what are the five things that are most important and are you making time for them on a weekly basis? Mm, okay, that's important. And there are weeks that I fail at it. <laughs> and then if you fail at it, next week's a new week. So I, I do Sundays. I kind of review the week, how it was and how the next week I want to be. I'm a mother of three, right? And it's a balancing act, I'll tell you that. And just making sure that I don't mess that up. That's one of my values. Okay. What do you have uh, in terms of uh, what are some of your interests that uh, that are beyond work and family, I guess? Uh, oh, dear. So I'm a novelist. I wrote two psychological thrillers, and I have a Hollywood film producer who's shopping them for a movie deal. Obviously, COVID's put all of that on hold Hollywood isn't producing right now <laughs> um, but I love um creative I'm a creative person right I love creating that's kind of innovated so many businesses I think I have this creative gene and I've taken it out yeah businesses um but I love writing I love squash can't play squash right now either oh there yeah I love traveling can't do that <laughs> um I love advocacy work and I'm an advocate to stop sex trafficking and advocate against violence on towards girls and women. So that I can still do and that I am doing stuff on. Um, so yeah, I, I just wear lots of different hats. Okay. You mentioned you love traveling. Do you have any special place that you uh, love the most to visit? Oh dear. I would say I love Palm Springs. Um, that would be near and dear. I like the usual culprits, right? Like Hawaii and Mexico, okay. <laughs> Dominican. Okay. And yeah, and I like Europe, but not not regularly. Europe's a big, big adventure. Yeah. But I do love Europe. I love Australia. I'd say my happiest place in the world is Australia. Oh, cool. Why do you say that? I just love the culture, love the people, love the climate, diverse. I like their work-life culture there. I like how they focus on work-life wellness a little, little bit better than we do in North America. Oh, okay then. Excellent. Okay, speaking of traveling, I'm going to present a, a different scenario to you, okay? And I'll ask you a couple of questions. So if you could just imagine, we're going to take you to a small, beautiful, tropical island in the middle of the ocean. Uh, it has one phone booth, no other technology. We're going to drop you off there. And at any point, you can pick up the phone there and call us and we'll come pick you up. Uh, so two questions. One, how long do you think it will take you to make that phone call? And what what do you think you'd be doing while you were there on that island? Oh, dear. I'm a strong extrovert. <laughs> I'm a high extrovert, so that's tricky. So that ain't going to work for you then. <laughs> No, I mean, I like being creative in my own mind. I mean, I could sit and write a book for hours, right? Uh, but if I don't have the method to write a book or the means, I think I'd go crazy. <laughs> I think I probably wouldn't last very long unless I was with someone. I'm just such a social person. Yeah, no, I hear you. Okay, then. Anything you'd like to add, Laura, uh, before you leave us today? I would just like to add that I think uh, entrepreneurs are a special group of people. They're hardworking. They're usually passionate about what they do. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. And I think that this whole COVID crisis 
we need to have an, a growth mindset in terms of what am I learning through it and how do I want to grow through it? And there's actually a lot of free webinars. There's free training. I've never seen so many free resources, Mario, as I have these last few weeks. So now is the time to learn, to continue to grow, to really observe what you want to be doing in the world. Um, it's kind of a reawakening for entrepreneurs, I feel. So take the time to think about that rather than focusing on the immediate, you know, how you're going to get through today and tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Okay, great then. Well, thanks for joining us today, uh, Laura. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.